Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Julian. Walking by. It's Friday morning. Uh, it's cold and shockingly dry. I thought I'd wake up with some snow this morning. It was so cold or ice. But uh, not so bad this morning. It's cold, but, you know. Cold enough that it apparently closed down Starbucks last night. My wife's watching from San Diego. Very good. So much going on today. We'll get to that here in a minute. We'll get to my guest. Ashley Phillips is expected to storm in. Angrily. The Lead Live is brought to you by the good folks here at Pint and Plow Brewing Company here in Kerrville, Texas. Thanks to Jeremy. Have a cup of coffee this morning. You need some financial advice? Go see the Texas Hill Country Advisors, Andrew and Gilbert. They can help you out there. K-Pub, the power was on. So it's safe, reliable, yours. Peterson Health. And finally, Kirk County Abstract and Title Company. And then, last but not least, we're going to have Wild Birds Unlimited be added to that here. Kevin Pillow's here to talk to us about what's going on with them. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. This is The Lead Live. I'm Lewis Amistoy here on a Friday morning. Have a cup of coffee here with us. Come join us. Come say hello. And uh, we'd love to see you. Well, if you subscribed to The Lead today, um, you saw that we had quite a bit of stuff in there this morning. Um COVID-19 continues to be a problem for everybody. Everyone's going to get it now at this point. You're most likely to catch it at HEB, I've decided, um, because there's just, when you walk in the HEB, like, I'm vaccinated and boosted, and I wear a mask. And you get those looks from people sometimes, like, well, what are you wearing that mask for? And I'm like, because I'm smart, and you may not be that smart. I don't know. I hate to be judgmental. But there's some people in there, you think to themselves, well, COVID just was gonna, is going to like you. Um, and you probably should be wearing a mask or a hazmat suit or something because COVID or something else is going to come get you. And it's, it's really bad, but it's, it's just the reality that we're in. People just don't care. And I, I'm, I was fascinated by this idea that they had a gigantic brush fire in Bastrop the other day or Bas, Bastrop, Bastrop, I don't know, somewhere out by Austin. And it was like 300 acres, which is gigantic for Texas. Now, Kevin Pillow and I are from Southern California. 300 acres, you don't sneeze at. You're like, okay, whatever. That's little. You know, um, you know when it gets to be like 10,000 acres, that's when you start to get a little, little obnoxious. In fact, um, where Kevin grew up in Southern California, uh, it interfaces with the San Bernardino Mountains. And it burns all the time. You know? And it's not because there's like stuff on the ground. It's just because people build houses in the forest, right? Anyway, that's another story. We'll talk to him about that as well. Uh, Kevin is a, ma- a Renaissance man. He uh, he's here in he's here in Kerrville. He does birds, um, you know, and then he also has had uh, a horror story involving a Victorian home. And we're gonna ask him about that as well. So I'm looking forward to that that conversation as well. Uh, we're gonna ask him too. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, he, like I said, he's from Southern California. He grew up in Redlands, California, um, which is uh, about 75 miles east of 
of Los Angeles, or about 60 miles east of Los Angeles. I grew up in Banning, California, and they're right on the 10 freeway. So if you take the 10 from Kerrville, right, and you just keep going and you go, you're going to run into Banning first, right outside of Palm Springs, and you're going to run into, you're gonna run into uh, uh, Redlands uh, as well. And Redlands is where the food's at, quite frankly. Some of the best Mexican food in the world is written in Redlands, California. Um, Redlands also was at one time the wealthiest city in America. And uh, Kevin, Kevin can tell us a little more about that as well. Good morning, Delane. Good morning, uh, Barbara. How are you this morning? I'm glad that you guys are both here with you. My wife, as I mentioned, is watching from San Diego today. She's uh, visiting our son, who is in the Navy. Uh, he's training right now on Coronado Island. I mean, really a rough gig. If you're going to train somewhere in the world, Coronado has got to be like one of the worst places ever uh, to train. I mean, it's just terrible, terrible place. Uh, but he's getting ready to go there uh, before he goes to uh, Japan in um, in March. So it's going to be a busy time for us around there. Good morning, Tony Fontaine Jenner. Um, good morning, Kelly. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, a couple of news notes for for you this morning as we get started here. Um, we mentioned uh, this afternoon we're going to or this morning we're going to go over to uh, In of the Hills where Larry Letha and uh, Sheriff's Captain Jason Walder will be speaking to the Republican women's uh, of Kirk County their luncheon talking about the situation of the border talking about human trafficking they you know the Sheriff's Department's done a really good job of, of tracking these people down because apparently these guys are all terrible drivers if you read the reports on this like the last two times they've had it um they these guys are such bad drivers that it's almost impossible not to catch them like they're weaving they put so many people in the back of the truck that it looks suspicious and it's like hmm you're driving erratically and you have a lot of stuff in the back of the, let's pull you over and see what's going on back there so these are not the sharpest guys in the world thankfully um because the, you know that we're catching them and, and getting people back to back where they belong uh the farmer's markets tonight from four to six over this afternoon actually uh i think it's gonna be okay the big question is, who's going to show up? Uh, and will Willa, the hot chocolate stand, be there? Um, Willa is Willa Walter, who is uh, an entrepreneur, and we'll see how she, how she uh, does. Um, statewide, for COVID-19, the uh, hospitalizations have pushed now past 13,000 people. Uh, as of, this was as of Wednesday. The reports are always 24 hours old. It was 13,094 was the number of, of people hospitalized in the state. Um, in San Antonio, it looks like um, 88% of hospitals are now full, are now, are now in use. Um, that's including 1,000 uh, COVID patients. Um, that gives you a pretty good idea of how many people are actually sick with other stuff that are in the hospital or have other issues because there's 6,000 people hospitalized. Um, 1,000 of those are COVID patients. So it's not just COVID patients, but COVID patients are obviously adding to that, that, compl that complexity to that. In San Antonio, 41 children are hospitalized. Uh, COVID has um, hospitalized 486 children right now in the state of Texas. Almost half of those are in Houston. So, or I guess that's because that's where they're, they're, that's where the children's hospital is at. So those stats are, are important to keep in mind because if you think about it, the proportion of the number of pediatric beds versus the portion, you know, the portion of uh, – of adult beds is significantly different. So if that 486 is actually a pretty large number. Uh, COVID schools, uh, in the schools, Ingram went back to school yesterday. They apparently had fallen to below 80% uh, attendance. Last week, um, Kerrville Independent School District right now, um, it's got 299 active cases. 
I believe that's a high for them. Um, I don't know what their aggregate number is. I think the data comes out today. But they have 68 cases at Tyvee, uh, 47 over at Starkey Elementary School, 41 at Daniels. So it just shows you that the younger kids who are not vaccinated, they're, they're catching this thing, right? And, and, you know, one thing I'll give the county credit for is they do a pretty good job of tracking the demographics. And there's only like 100 kids from 5 to 18 that are vaccinated against COVID. So they are, uh, they are spreading this thing like wildfire. Uh, there was this crazy foot pursuit yesterday uh, in Louise Hayes Park. These two guys, apparently, according to the Kerbal Police Department, Jonathan uh, Lamb said that these guys apparently robbed a mini mart over uh, down on Junction Highway, or I guess that's 26. It's way out there by, as you go to Center Point. It's the east side, over by the airport, over by Our Lady of the Hills. The suspects, ages 16 and 17, they flew, uh, they fled toward Kerbal in a car that DPS was said was stolen out of San Angelo. DPS spotted the suspects and began a pursuit that ended when the suspects crashed their cars into uh, other, crashed into parked cars on Earl Garrett and Water Streets. I actually saw this going on yesterday. I thought it was a medical aid. Well, it was a medical aid because one of these dummies apparently jumped off the, uh, off the pavilion. <laughs> they didn't know that there was, they didn't know there was a staircase there. So they jumped off the pavilion and the one kid, I guess, broke his ankle. So the other kid's in jail. What they, uh, they, they got something, but then they got thrown in jail. So not very smart. Uh, Texas Workforce Commission uh, Chairman Brian Daniel was in town yesterday talking about um, some of the challenges of the workforce here in, in Texas. It was actually a pretty funny speech, and I didn't get a chance to really d delve into all of it. One of the things he made a point was was that he said the Texas Workforce Commission's main job is to make sure, is to ensure that the gaps are filled for those people who are kind of entry level going to mid-skill positions, right? And a lot of those people may not have the credentialing, as he said, credentialing pathway to getting those those jobs after they have you know graduated from high school or they have been out or they didn't go to high school or whatever it may be, and that is some of the things that one of the essential services he says that the Texas Workforce Commission has to do is improve those um, improve those positions and then make sure those positions they're leaving are backfilled with other people as well. And the other challenge they're faced with is that. Um, they are dealing with the fact that you have all of these companies coming here, a lot of them from California, but it doesn't mean that the, the, the Texans are filling those jobs. The companies are usually bringing their employees with them. Uh, and as I said before, you know, like when you think about some of the things that people are dealing with in Southern California, it's, 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 it's a huge sprawl, and then it's a huge uh, cost of living that's there. Um, and I always tell people the story. I go, I remember watching one of those dumb fixer upper shows and um the uh they were they're building a house of, they were fixing up a house in torrance california which is where toyota was based before they moved to texas and th they wanted a million dollars for this you know basically uh uh you know a, a bedroom home in 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 torrance which is a you know commuter city a million dollar home so i mean it's like what in the heck is wrong with you so you come to texas with a million dollars in equity uh, and a job that pays just as well as you were paying there with a significantly lesser, you know, cost of living, uh, you can get a house, you can get a house, and you can get a couple houses and a couple cars and some other stuff you couldn't get normally. So there you go. Uh, Daniels was also, oh, he made another interesting point, too. One of the things that's interesting about this, too, and I saw this really yesterday. I've said this before, the Interstate 35 between San Antonio and Austin is just like a gigantic strip mall. There's just stuff all up and down that, right? And it's going to connect at some point. 
and um, or it already has connected basically. But he was saying that you know what we're seeing in Texas is that that whole corridor is filling in, and it's filling in a triangle essentially. You know, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. You know, and I guess maybe Dallas too. Although there's a pretty big gap between Waco and 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 Dallas. But between Waco and Austin, it's pretty full, full up, you know, because you have Georgetown right there in the middle. You have Temple. You have all those cities that are growing like crazy. And then you get south of there. He says people are moving out of the rural areas and into the cities. So you see this gigantic shift in in behavior, you know, inside of the state of Texas, too, and how that's a little bit of a challenge. Uh, Daniel was also at uh, Tom Moore High School yesterday in Ingram. He gave $180,000 to their uh, uh, industrial and technical programs or in agricultural engineering programs to help them um, do that. We'll do more on that uh, down the road here. A couple things you want to look forward to uh, on tomorrow's newsletter, by the way. Uh, we'll have more of an interview with, with Daniel, what he said in the speech that he made at Shriner yesterday. Uh, we have an interview that we are still working on um, breaking down from Melissa Southern, who owns Rails in Kudoba. Uh, and then we'll also, we also had an uh, interview yesterday with uh, Bob Reeves about elections here in Kerr County. And uh, we'll have that in uh, Saturday's newsletter, which I don't normally do, but there's so much stuff going on that i got to get it. i got to get all that stuff in for you guys. And then tonight there's basketball. Shriners playing uh, a big, big games for both the men and the women, especially for the men. The men are right on the cusp of going into the lead in the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference. They... Um, they are 5-2 and two right now. They're a game behind St. Thomas. And St. Thomas, they've beaten. They've beaten uh, – they play Colorado College tonight, who Shriner beat in Colorado Springs uh, earlier this month. And Shriner then plays uh, St. Thomas on Saturday. The women got trounced by Colorado College on Monday in Colorado Springs. But they got to get up, get back and get some wins in here tonight because they're still on the hunt too. But for the men, if they win these games, basically uh, they have a win against Texas Lutheran. They have a win against St. Thomas. They're in um, St. Thomas and Texas Lutheran are basically in, in a statistical tie for first place in the conference. And uh, Schreiner has tiebreakers over both of those programs. So for a conference championship and the number one seed in the conference tournament would be two things you want to keep an eye on there as well. That game starts at 5.30. The women tip at 7.30 tonight. And then both games are there's, – there's games tomorrow as well. So there you go. That's your update. That's what's going on in the world. A couple of other things uh, around the world we talked about. Meatloaf. He died. Uh, did you like Meatloaf, uh, Kevin? Did you, did you, did you I, oh, absolutely. Did you? Huge really? Meatloaf, huge uh, Rocky Horror Picture fan. That's true. He was in that, right? Yeah, yeah. he was Eddie. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I have never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my goodness. I know, I've know, i never seen it. Highly addictive. Right. Where did you <laughs> see it at first? I'm going to say probably Amarillo. I think oh, I really? started going in Amarillo in the middle of the night, so it was kind of a thing then. Yeah, yeah I didn't get quite into the uh, whole dressing up thing, but, you know, definitely had a bag of toast, um, spray bottles, and newspapers, <laughs> and went there in the <laughs> evening, and uh, it was really more of an experience. The yeah. movie sucked. I right. mean, the movie just plain sucks. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's fun. It's enjoyable and it's great to have some other people around that are also just as crazy. Uh, and then some of the some of the talent out of that movie, Barry Boswick, oh, Susan Sarandon, you know, was yeah. in that too. Uh, and then you have uh, you know Meatloaf, of course, was in that yeah. too. Uh, and uh, who else was in it? it was uh, the comedian Tim Curry. Tim Curry was in that, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, so what, what a uh, what a uh, what a loss for those uh, Meatloaf. He was seventy four, and uh, passed away. Uh, okay, so every everything is crazy. Right. I saw a lot of you on Facebook and Twitter complaining about Biden and his gaffes. 
in the in the press conference. A lot of you were diagnosing him as having dementia and Alzheimer's and all this other stuff. And then Mitch McConnell decided he wanted to one up Biden. And so he went on he went on TV and he says African American voters are voting just as high a percentage as Americans. And uh, and the people were like, oh my god, can we can we not have these seventy year old eighty year old men in this deal anymore? Um, and it's just set off a fury right in this whole thing. Um, and so it's just uh, um, it's just a mess. And uh, you know. That's the thing, right? You know, if 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 you, it's it's one of those hold my beer moments, right? Biden can get up there and he can stumble and stutter, and you know he doesn't he don't speak so good, that Biden, right? And I tell you what, here's my thing about Biden that I will fault him for: they screwed up this COVID thing, right? They had the chance to get this get ahead of this thing, and he's out there. Well, what no one knew about Omicron. It's like, well, there's been 40 variants or an O, right? Whatever that is in the alphabet. Okay, you had Alpha and then you had Delta, right? And then you had a bunch of other variants between them. I mean, they were coming in all the time. There's more variants behind Omicron, right? But but no one was really paying attention to this. And so Biden was like, well, we'll get you guys masks. Well, this thing is peaking already, right? Everyone's going to get sick with it. Um, it's a, a total failure on, on, that, on that part of that deal, right? But then you have Mitch McConnell who's like, you know, equally dumb and saying, well, African-American voters voting. What does that mean, Mitch? They're not Americans? What do you mean? Does American only mean white voters? Is that what you're saying? Um, which is what Tony Morrison said. All right, well, enough of that. I like geek stuff. I'm a, kind of a geek in some ways. Look, there's nothing better than a good Godzilla movie. Uh, and if you haven't noticed, I like to play the Godzilla movie every once in a while. I mean, I prefer the old school Godzilla wh where he's like dressed up in a costume. And uh, like the King Kong Godzilla movies are the best. Because like they, at one point in those movies, they literally set Godzilla, or they set King Kong on fire, and the guy who's in the rubber suit like doesn't doesn't realize he's on fire, and then he realizes he's on fire. He's like, "Wait a minute here, I'm on fire! You put you you set me on fire! Uh, it's just awesome." Like the Japanese had it down back in the day. I mean, you have Godzilla, and you have anyway. So they're going to make a TV series out of this. It'll probably be terrible, but I'll watch it. I, I love it. I mean, I just telling you, I, I love it all. You know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, that's going to be on Apple Plus. And if you haven't, if you haven't had Apple Plus yet, I'm telling you, it's actually pretty darn good. It's pretty. It's pretty much. It's worth it for two things and two things alone. It's worth it for Ted Lasso. Uh, and I was. I saw the Texas Workforce Commission guy. By the way, here's the Republicans and Democrats fighting each other. Oh, this is when they set him on fire. He's like, wait a minute, I'm on fire. So awesome. I love it. Anyway. Um, Ted Lasso is worth it. Have you watched Ted Lasso? I haven't. Okay. Uh, Ted Lasso is worth it just for that. Uh, and then Greyhound, which is Tom Hanks' movie about uh, a World War II destroyer um, captain who is um, making the transit across the Atlantic, bringing a, 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 and he's fighting off the U-boats. And it's just like it starts a little bit, and then it gets going, and then it's like nonstop action throughout the whole movie. Um, and it's just like, what a nerve-wracking uh, deal. And you also have to keep in mind, too, that this is supposed to be early in the war. So they're trying to figure out the radar. They're trying to figure out the sonar. They're trying to figure out all of this stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it's really well done. I really recommend it as well. Um, there's some other good things on there, too. 
I guess for all mankind is pretty good. I, I haven't watched that one yet, uh, but, there's, but there's, it's it's not that expensive. Netflix is going to go up, I guess. But there you go. All right, enough of me yammering. Was there anything else I had to get on my list there that I wanted to go over? Um, oh, Tonga uh, is dealing with this. Uh, this volcano is pretty bad, um, and and to be expected. And what's interesting about this is Tonga has kept the virus out of the island, uh, and Tonga. Um, you know, you know they have about hundred thousand people that live there now. I think there's as many Tongans live in Utah now as they do in Tonga, but um, they have now um, they have had relief ships come in from New Zealand, uh, but they had to turn one back from Australia because one of the guys had COVID. Because you know COVID likes Navy ships really well. I mean, it's really pretty effective. So, um, so they're trying to keep it off the island, but there's like I mean, there's so many problems with this thing now. Uh, it's really a catastrophe for those people living on the living on those archipelagos out there in the Pacific. So there you go. All right. Uh, let's get enough of me yammering on. We have things to talk about. Ashley Phillips will probably just storm in here any minute now. If she, if she may not have daycare, so she may, maybe she won't come on. I don't know, but we'll see. But Kevin Pillow's here and Kevin, uh, let's talk for a minute. Reset me again on how you, um, came to, Birds here in, in you know Wild Birds Unlimited. How did that how did that come about for you? Well, I goodness, I guess um, the initial find for Wild Birds Unlimited was my mother in law's fault with a mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of got us into it in Southern California. We knew we were able to retire early. We didn't know what we wanted to do. We fed birds in our backyard, and we realized we weren't the only crazy people that did this. All yeah. of a sudden, we found out this is the number two hobby in the country. Um, it's massive. We had a good time, so we said, you know what, we can do this. This will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the biggest key was where. We looked for three years where. Um, business environment, what was it going to be? Could it be home? Obviously, Redlands was home. It would be wonderful to be there in Redlands. Didn't have the migratory bird patterns that we were looking for to where we felt like we could make a difference. Started looking at this part of Texas, and you know, short of going down to the valley, this is about the best place where three migration patterns come together. Uh, the business environment in Kerrville was wonderful. Uh, they told us a long time ago from Franchise that we didn't quite have the demographic here to meet it at uh, you know 20 some thousand people uh, they usually like to see a store start at 80,000 people so we were a quarter of it basically told us it could never work um, that was almost what 18 years ago right right so um, yeah we're we're hanging on and doing okay uh, Kerrville was uh, like I say kind of a strange happening we were heading to Lakeway and right. here was Kerrville and it, there and, it was um, didn't even really wasn't in our look we yeah. stopped here for about three nights I remember Sudi recommending one of the nights going over to the, the lighted Christmas parade. And Lynn and I just fell in love with it. It was so much like old Redlands. It yeah. really felt like small town Texas. It was enjoyable. Um, we loved the place. We loved the people. And it fit the migration pattern that we were looking for. We felt like we could make a difference with our birds. With yeah, our yeah, it's interesting. Kerrville and Redlands kind of have some sim- some some symbology or some, 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 some connection a little bit. You know, um, small towns, uh, university towns, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just and some some real some real gems as well. Absolutely. Some real real engagement too. Yeah. So and good dollars in their pocket. Good dollars in their pocket too, right? Yeah, there's some there's some money there. Um, when you your your history with Texas though is what? Give me your your story on Texas and California. Well, actually, uh, kind of born and raised in Amarillo. Spent a lot of time in Southern California because of military. Yeah, uh, Norton Air Force Base was there at the time. My grandfather, retired general. Um, that's where we ended up in the okay. Air Force. 
Uh, Amarillo was that sublet, and that was my first place to come in Texas when I was probably six or seven years old. Okay. Uh, you know, met a girl, fell in love at six, of course. All right. Like that. And um, my first wife and I are still great friends. That's who our kids are with. She's still in Amarillo, and so are my kids. Um, enjoyed Amarillo. Did not enjoy everything about it. It smelled funny. It was cold. Um, it's just Amarillo. It does so, smell bad there. Uh, it does smell funny. They'll yeah. try and convince you it's the smell of money. No. Right. Yeah. I, I know exactly what that smell yeah. is. I lived it every night. Yeah. Cows. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> one way or the other, coming and going. It's cows, one of the two. It's great industry. You get used to it. Don't get me wrong. Right. But um, it's what Amarillo is. Uh, kids are still up there. They're in the medical medical fields. You know, got spectacular children. Two out of the three of them are there, and one's in Lone Star. So Amarillo is still a home. I still go up there and right. visit a lot. But um, for Linda and I, we kind of figured Kerrville was far enough away to where we weren't a nuisance for them, but uh, close enough to where we could get to them. So. I tell you what, I, I, I'm, I, I have to admit that um, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for the big Texan. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, goodness. I mean, you can have a better steak somewhere else, but, I mean, there's just something about the ambiance of that place and just the sheer audacity of it, you know. And watching 90-pound guys trying to eat a 72-ounce steak yeah. every day of the uh, and, week. And then eat everything on the plate. Oh. That's the thing that it gets you at. Oh, two, by the way, you can eat all this other stuff, too. You that know? baked potato is two pounds on I its know. own. Good luck, I know. That's like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, and, and then they film you. Yes. And then they have buckets there in case you vomit. It's it's really kind of awesome, yeah. I think. But um, actually, I've been there. I've eaten like three times now or twice. I, I have never had a bad meal there. Oh, it's a good place. There's no. It's it's yeah. it's a trap. It's wonderful. It's yeah. on I forty. I mean, there's signs everywhere. I'm sure there are signs outside of Texas now. People know what big yeah. Texas. Yeah, I think there's te- I think there's probably signs in New Mexico saying probably. you're 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 you gotcha. this many many mi- miles from the big Texan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that part of I like that. It's interesting going to that part of Texas. Like you know, like I've now driven through West Texas several times uh, in the last few years, and I, I always find it, and especially when you drive through Palo Duro, you know, it's Palo beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it's just Absolutely. beautiful. People don't realize second largest canyon in the U.S. It's amazing it's right here in Texas. It's amazing, and you can drive into it. You yeah, can go down in and explore. It's it, really gorgeous. It's, it's really it's really a lot of it's I, we. Caught it one time, actually, if you can believe it. This is how big it is. We caught it by accident one time. We, we, we took a wrong turn at Amarillo, and we, we drove down into the canyon, and we're like, whoa, wait a minute. What is this? I, I said, we're in Palo Duro. I didn't realize it went that far to the east, and we just, I mean, we were just, I have some great pictures from that, that trip. But actually, when we were coming to Kerrville, we dro- made, that, made a turn, wrong turn going out of Amarillo and went down through that, so... Um, great stuff. So then you went to Redlands. So Norton Air Force Base, for those you don't know, is no longer with us. There was two gigantic Air Force bases. Uh, Norton was the supply base. It was in San Bernardino, California. Uh, and it's interesting is that San Bernardino has never recovered from the loss of Norton in, in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, Norton, uh, there was a huge logistics facility. Um, you, would, you, would, you would go there, and there would be these gigantic cargo planes flying in and out of there. Um, now it's kind of an airport, not really, sort of. They do fly the DC-10s out of there, I think, every once in a while, the, the Forest Service does, uh, to fight fires. And then there was March Air Force Base just down the road in Riverside, which was the Strategic Air Command um, headquarters, which is, when I was a kid growing up, I don't know about you, but they were always like, well, you know, if the quake doesn't get us first, we'll get nuked by the Russians, yeah. you know, because we're going to get nuked first because the March Air Force Base is there. I had a teacher like that. He was really charming in that way, you know. He was literally like, get on your desks. We're going to test. We're going to drill, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, it was – I heard Lewis Black do a comment about 
do a comedy piece about that one time where he was like, they told us to go under wooden desks for a nuclear attack. And I had a teacher who was just like that, man. He's like, he had all the scenarios that scared the hell out of you when you were a kid, right? He says, now along Interstate 10, there's a high-pressure gas line. When the quake happens, that's going to explode. It's going to burn down half the town. Get in your desks. <laughs> One, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember a few of those drills. <laughs> wasn't intelligent enough as a child to figure out just how stupid they right. were, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so you get to Redlands, and then you, you kind of lived in Southern California for a long time, too, right? Yeah, we were there for a while. Um, back to Vegas, and then back to Southern California to take care of my grandmother, and that's when we came out here. Yeah, came out here. Southern California doing commercial real estate and things like that. Like I say, more taking care of my grandmother. You didn't just do commercial real estate. You did commercial real estate in Santa Monica. Uh, we had some commercial real estate in Santa Monica. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was like, you you were like... You were probably like rubbing elbows with like Jerry Buss and some of those guys. Then, I'd right? love to tell you that this place was a <laughs> toilet, but uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it's not all fame and fortune down there. At least it certainly wasn't back in the day. Right. The dirt was worth a whole lot more than the units were. Um, and then you, you you told me a story one time though. Uh, for those who, Redlands is also a, a marvelous architectural community as well. And um, and those of you who don't know, Redlands High School uh, is is a big a big high school. At its peak, it was the largest school in California. If you put all, the, all four grades in there, I mean, it probably had five or 6,000 students. Um, I did a story one time on the economic impact of the, of the school. Um, they resisted building a second high school for a long time, and they finally built two, a second one, and then now they have a third one. But uh, Dave Aranda, who's a football coach at Baylor, is now uh, was a Redlands High School graduate, as is Brian Billick, who led the uh, Ravens to a Super Bowl championship one year. Uh, also uh, from Redlands High School as well. Um, but, you know, Redlands is also a micro, well, this is a fascinating museum of architectural history. Um, there's a wonderful Fixer Upper show um, on on one of the DIY channels now, too, where the guy goes around. His name is Brett Waterman. And he fixes up a lot of these houses in Redlands now. But you, you, you tackled that at one point, doing a, a Victorian-style home. And it was... A good experience, a bad experience, one you would never do again. <laughs> you know, it sounds like a beautiful idea in the beginning right. unless right. you under- don't understand Victorians and realize this is not a house you flip. This or is a house you love. You love um, for a long time. Not, it's just not going to be there. It's just we, you, you always think you want to do it because you're not going to get the architecture out of that house and something built, you know, 40s on end. Yeah. And some of those properties in, in Redlands were just incredible. I, I can't, I tell people all the time, I, you don't understand, we have castles there, literally castles um, built by the Scott Paper Company and some of those others. But the Victorians were spectacular and built by a lot of old money, um, a lot of old money, a lot of old industry money right. out of LA. And um, went into disrepair. It wasn't quite so nouveau. I mean, they're not. They're functionally obsolescent, to mm-hmm. use a real estate term. Right. They, they don't fit well. It's a bunch of small rooms, a bunch of small um, hallways, et cetera. Uh, good luck getting a bed upstairs if you ever try. I learned that one the hard time. You almost have to crane a bed to get it around That's crazy. any bends upstairs. It just wasn't meant for that. You know, Back in the day, they would bring the feathers up and stuff a bed and put them in there when they were up there. Never thought about bringing up a box Ma- spring a, in, in a mattress. times. Right. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, again, it's not a house you flip for profit. You, <laughs> you flip it to live in it, or right. you flip it to pass it on the family, or you flip it because you love the history of the house. Did you have one of those that was like um, on 
on Highland or where was your where was yours at? Citrus and Highland. Citrus Highland. Okay. You All know right. the area. Yeah, I know the area. Yeah. Uh, there's one there um, that's very famous called the Maury Mansion, which yeah. is an uh, onion domed one, and it's yeah. spectacular. But you know, I was telling somebody the story the other day of of the Burridge Mansion, which is probably the largest home in Redlands. It's about mm-hmm. nineteen thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Did a story on it years ago. And um, it, it's, it basically started probably the Spanish revival, mission revival style in, in Southern California that's so popular. You know, even you see that, that here in Texas, too. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was, but it was a massive house. They're so cr- expensive. I don't know what the thought process was that. Like I say, with the small rooms, yeah. you know, that was a heating core thing. Um, obviously Southern California, you don't think of it as a big deal. Yeah. It got cold in Redlands. Right. It, it just plain got cold in Redlands. You didn't think about it. And um, yeah, those 19,000 square foot houses, you know, it was meant because the families lived there the entire time, yeah. the entire expanded family. You could have two and three generations living in the same house at the same time. Yeah. So now you get down to Kerrville, uh, and you know you find this place. And one of the things that I marvel at uh, with Kerrville is, and people ask me this all the time, like, "Well, isn't it, is, isn't 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 Kerrville kind of like so?" I'm like, "No, it's not." I go because, like, you know, in Redlands, which you know, like, has a lot of Kerrville type, you know, uh, entities or or amenities. Um, it's actually a much larger city now than than it, than Kerrville, but. There's no river running through it. No. And if the Santa Ana River was running through it, you'd be terrified because it's a raging river that's angry all the time if they don't have it dammed up somewhere. So, I mean, to me, Kerrville is so unique and so beautiful. And we were talking about this before. Um, John and Sandy Wolfmuller, my good friends, uh, they have a marvelous backyard. Uh, and the birds are just fascinating to watch, and Absolutely. I and I love watching the cardinals. I don't because it's something we didn't have, you know. We don't have those in Southern California. No, you don't, you don't miss them until you don't have them. Right uh, now we have, and, and then even the even the vultures fascinate me, you know, because they're just so ugly, but they're just, they're, they're so present too. Spectacular. Yeah, and the grackles, of course, which are obnoxious, but. Um, <laughs> um, what you know tell me about the birding community and the birds that are here and what 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 gets you going um every morning with this part of it oh wow um you know for the most part like i say those those birds in this area it really is we're such a quality retirement community for those houston's and dallas's right and people want something different when they get out of those environments and that's where they find kerrville the birding community birding in general is just nature yeah and that's what kerrville is i think we talked about this once before if you don't capitalize and sell kerrville's nature if you try to fight it you're really missing the boat you've got to capitalize on what kerrville does right um god put nature here a long time before us so capitalize on it it's a migration pattern for three migrations, uh, for three centrals. There are actually four migration patterns. So you've got the western, the central, and the eastern, and they'll all funnel through here coming down through the valley. And it just makes it a wonderful place for birds. It's one of those places, don't ever close your eyes to what you think you see. I bring, uh, you know, I, I remember stories back in the day when we first started of people bringing me in certain pictures of birds, and I looked at them, I'm going, no, that's not here, you don't have that. And after checking all my weather patterns and looking at different things, I went, well, of course we do. Birds have wings. Birds right. move. Birds go everywhere, and they have different flocks. Um, you know, that with the uh, that that added income that we had, this is not an inexpensive hobby to feed birds in your backyard. Right. I tell people all the time to decide how you want to do it. Do you want to feed birds for you? Do you want to feed them for them? Do you want a little combination of both? Right. Um, there's there's really three different ways to feed, to feed birds. So we try to teach people how to feed the birds responsibly, um, intelligently, 
and not waste your money and your time. And then, of course, comes later how to enjoy them. Right. Go over to John and Sandy's house, sit on the porch with a nice adult beverage and just kind of watch life it's, it's 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 and it's so fun to watch because like oh look at that one look at that one you know and and like i said i'm i'm i am just in awe of the cardinals you know and like the big ones that get up there you know i guess the, the big males you know like when they show up and like oh wow look at them oh, um you know and then uh but it's always good to have john's commentary on no they're really dumb because they they nest low and the cats get them and um that's always fun too but then the woodpeckers show up and that's even you know another one you don't see like in an urban area all the time either is a woodpecker you know and they're pretty impressive looking oh they just have a great personality you really get to know those things Mm -hmm. i mean i tell people all the time if you want to have the worst conversation possible sit on the porch with four of your friends and watch birds right Um, nobody will be focused on what you're talking about it doesn't work that way all of a sudden as we always joke bird there it goes. There it and goes. You're off your conversation, and and who knows where your topic was. You'll have four hours of absolutely nothing done. But when you, um, when, you know, you have employees too. That one of them, I think, walks the river trail and, and yeah. kind of charts that. Tell me how that works exactly. Um, Isaac is our manager. Uh-huh. He gets paid to go out on Wednesday mornings. Um, he picks different areas, but he's really focused on the river trail. Yeah. I think we've underused that in Kerrville. It's one of those places, you know, people come all the time and ask me where I can go birding. Right. Um, people don't understand the industry of this. People spend a lot of money to come here and see birds. Um, Right now, the Rio Grande Valley is just getting a boon out of a bat falcon, a rose-throated Bacard, and some odd birds that are down there. But they can do the same thing here. Yeah. The river trail, we built it. It's nature, and it's there. So Isaac decided he really wanted to showcase some of the areas of the river trail and show some spe- uh, specific spots that you can zo- go and see certain birds, as well as some of the nature we've got. So it's physically easy for people to go to, unlike some of our areas. We did the bird count on the 3rd of mm. January. We got into a virgin, 800-acre virgin territory we hadn't counted on. Um, not quite so easy to get up and wow. down. So that's the extent of what people can go to. But for the most part, people want to throw on a pair of binoculars, go for a nice walk on a pleasant day, and maybe see some birds. And that's where Isaac is focused uh, most of his on. He's also working the hatchery out in Mountain Home, okay. um, only open on Wednesdays. Okay. If anybody really wants to see an odd place and go out there, you're not going to think about it. It's the fish hatchery. You can only go out Wednesday mornings. Guarantee you won't be alone. Um, there's a cemetery right above it. Be respectful, but a great place to go birding. Go get some kingfisher. Um, you can see some odd birds up there. Isaac started getting a good flush of white-throated sparrows, something right. I've never even had in the yard. They're really fun birds that he's had. Up there. When you look at when you when you when you look for watching birds, what what is the one that you get excited about? And and you know the other question too is. Well, let's answer that one first, and then we'll, we'll go to other. I have other ideas too. So. Oh my! You know that's probably the hardest question people ask me. I, I'm not a lister. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's, birders that are listers. Yeah. They they are just trying to improve their list, and that's one. I I do add to my list, but I don't. I get excited about every bird. I'm gonna say the painted bunting is right. still a bird right. that makes everybody jump out of their seat. Everybody knows what it is uh, for the most part. I don't think I have too many people that don't know when they see a five-color bird drop down in their yard. Right. Um, and we have them breeding here. But um, when we start talking about birds that are really in trouble that are here, things like the golden cheek warbler, um, uh, black-capped vireo, things like that, those are always exciting for me to study. Right. Um, I've seen a ton of them, but they're exciting for me to study. I don't study painted buntings. I love them. I look at them, and I enjoy them. That's Right. What 
Right. Um, the other thing that I noticed too is that you know, like I like Birds of Prey, you mm-hmm. know, uh, as well, and that you know, there's always a thrill to see one of them just kind of just even just flying or just even just sitting, you know. Um, and I and I'm always admire them. I remember seeing a, a California condor for the first time, you oh. know, in the wild, and I was like, wow, my gosh, you know, they're so big, you know. Over thirty pounds. Yeah, and how do they even get? How do they even get? You know, you know, lift. You know, but they they do it somehow. Um, but you know, is there one to you that is the most thrilling? You know, or as far as the raptors yeah, are concerned? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably a sharp shin hawk. I mean, he's the smaller one that looks a little bit. People get the Coopers and the sharp shin hawk mis- mixed up. Yeah, sharp shin is the, the smaller one, about the size, just a little bigger than a white wing does. Right. But when you start comparing them, I tell people the sharp shin is a little more like an F-15 as opposed to a B-2. <laughs> um, they're the ones that can shoot through in a heartbeat, and you'll see them just clear out an area in a yard. Right. Uh, they're the ones that all the small birds will go into a brush pile and, and try to sound like a large bird to really throw them off their track. They're not as voracious of eaters, but spectacular hunters, just really intelligent birds. Great to watch, work through, uh, great family system. They are also, they, they have a pretty expansive density range, so it's not, there's not a lot of them in an right. area. Even though we get a lot of them reported in the Kerrville area, there are not a lot of them in, you know, mile or two range when they're down here. Um, really good hunters. You know, they can, they can slow down your bird activity in the backyard, but it's what they do, and they're fun to watch. I saw a, uh, uh, a story uh, recently that um, I, I guess I'm trying to think of what the name of it is. Um, oh, here it is. Here's the, here I found it. There it is. It's a Stellar's Sea Eagle. Yes. Uh, which is, I think, the pelagic. It, it's one of the largest birds, one of the largest raptors out there, I guess. Uh, it's, 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 it's huge. And they, they've spotted them in... Um, in Massachusetts last month uh, for the first time. Yeah. And um, it's like, well, they're actually from Asia, and they have kind of made their way, like they just show up in the weirdest places. So Birds have uh, wings. You know, I mean, they have wings, right? And that's where, that's where it is. Uh, it, and I would love to see, I've seen bald eagles in the wild a couple times, and that's always thrilling as well. I don't think I want to see them in Alaska where they're more like, they seem to be more like um, seagulls and... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot now. I right. tell you, I, I made a trip up to Alaska with my dad in an early age when I was probably about 10. Uh-huh. And I remember chasing across the place called Hidden Lake, uh, yeah. a place we had to drive in two miles. And everybody was all excited because there were two bald eagles on one lake. You know, this was when I was 11 years old. Right. You know, probably, what, 10 years ago. Um, so anyway, we went racing in this little boat to go see these two eagles on a lake. And here we fast forward with some conservation efforts and... Um, yeah, they're kicking them out of the way like chickens up yeah. there. They're spectacular. And, um, you know, the, the the population's down here in Texas. Um, we've got them here. Yeah. Uh, They've here. made a big comeback. You know, Absolutely. they're they're all over right now. Good example uh, for conservation. Yeah. Well, when, when we can get rid of those man-made chemicals and how we pour them into water sources and fish sources. Right, because it was the DDT that was the biggest Absolutely. problem. Yeah. 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 yeah, so this is the story. The rare Stellar's eagle was spotted in Massachusetts thousands of miles from its home in, in, uh, in Asia. This is according to CBS News. Massachusetts uh, Division of Fisheries and Wildlife. This is how big this bird is. 20 pounds normally <laughs> can weigh up to 20 pounds and has a wingspan of about 8 feet. I mean, that is a big, big, big bird. bird big you know? bird. And believe it or not, that particular bird, um, we're guessing that that particular stellar, uh, stellar sea eagle is one that we've seen in the States for about two to three years yeah. across the upper northern half. Um, we think it's the same bird. It would make all sense for it. Um, 
Not sure why. It doesn't have a mate. It doesn't have a breeder. We're not sure why it keeps showing up. There's no reason other than probably its sensory organs are just a little off kilter. Um, general pelagic bird, it, it lives offshore for the most part. We don't see it here too often. Right. So it's, it's causing, um, it's quite a show. Yeah, I mean, I would I would die to see a Stellar's Eagle still hanging around here. Um, it said, there's a quote in here from Cornell saying, um, uh, out-of-range birds like this are usually following their own programming, to so to speak. It's clearly associating with bald eagles, which are closely related, probably because of their similarities behavior in ecology and diet, among other things as well. But man, this thing is this thing's no bald eagle. <laughs> oh, it's massive. <laughs> yeah, massive. it's massive. Actually, they're from Siberia and from Japan. Yes. So it's it's made its way all the way all the way over here. Believe it or not, though, if you think about it, not far away from the United States. Yeah, we, right. We make it sound like Siberia. It's yeah. Just so much. It's just not that far. For them, no. You know, they probably flew flew up and over, and then you know, there's probably yeah. plenty of food for them. Along. They're probably fishing birds, I would yeah. think. So there's probably plenty of food for them. Yeah. Um, it's 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 uh, is there a bird a non raptor species that you find to be uh, fascinating and it has has the suggestion of global warming changed the birding patterns at all I mean I've heard that a little bit too that that's that's of global warming yeah oh absolutely we can actually the birds can tell me I hate to use the word global warming because people get so nervous so I use climate change um, we can see those climate change patterns happening just in the bird patterns without mm-hmm. question they they can't survive we talk about the golden cheek warbler um, mm-hmm. you know it needs scrub oak it actually needs old growth ash juniper our big push around here of course is to tear down all the ash juniper all the mountain cedar as we like to call it which right. is actually not even a cedar um, so we want to tear that down the old growth is how they build their nest and they need the cliffside that's why it makes this place such a such a popular location for them when they come through right you know? oh there she is Ashley Phillips uh, storming in, not angrily. Storming. Storming in. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. How are you? Do you want? Are you gonna get coffee first? May I? Yes, you may. You you may. Okay. She'll make it for you. I'll be right back. All right, all right. Ashley Hi, Phillips. Ashley. I'm Kevin. Good to meet you. Calvin. Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Easy way. Yeah. <laughs> you have questions for him too. Remember, you told me yesterday. I do. I will Uh-oh. be back. Yes. I'm nervous. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully if about squirrels. She wants know. to talk about a green bird. Oh. A green, oh, green jay. jays. Yes. So she has a uh, a relative, I think. There's and there's a good topic when we're talking about climate change. Green jays are my one of my barometers when we're talking about climate change. Okay. So tell me though, you know, what birds are we seeing now that we wouldn't normally see here that have come up because it's been warm or well, too there warm? There you go. Green jays are hitting up and there's a ranch in Medina that's hitting about thirteen hundred acres. We used to only see green jays down in the valley. Yeah. Um, and much farther south. So green jays are a good barometer of how the climate's pushing up to get more of a desert arid climate up into hill country as opposed to a riparian waterway. Um, I, I'm a firm believer, and it's one of my goals, that we'll have green jays in here before Kevin Lee ever gets out of Kerrville. Right. I think we'll have them reported. We've had rumors. We've had some others. But like I say, there's one property in Medina. It's about 1,300 acres. I know they've made it to that property confirmed. It just takes the big Jeep in about a half a day to get out to them, so it's not something you just go out there real quick and go visit. But um, they're going to find their way. They're opportunistic. They're in the Jay family. They're going to find us. They're going to move up here as the arid areas start to move away. Right. Um, and get into this area just all part of the jay family fascinating birds um family birds one of the few that their families will stay together almost their entire life really wow so as they start to breed that family pod or group will be the same family pod and group that lived forever i find uh i, I had an experience with a jay uh i guess more scrub jay more than anything you know that would we had a, a place i worked at that had someone had, had taught it to 
to feed from its hand from their yeah. hand and it was always amazing to me though how they would so how gentle they were you know looking like i don't want that bird on me they would never touch you they would just grab their food and then they would they'd be gone it's that uh, trust factor and they're smart yeah, too and they would trust and intelligence and they would they would come to the window and they would knock on the window to say hey uh, where's my food? You know, they, they were that smart. You know, you know my mom didn't feed birds at all until we got into this. And she had a, a scrub jay, California scrub jay in, in Redlands, California. Yeah. They used to come grab a peanut off her shoulder. That to her was her, that made her light up. That yeah. was the biggest thing that she could do. Didn't yeah. care about any other birds. Yeah. But George, as she called him, would come and grab a peanut off her shoulder. And she <laughs> loved that. Um, the, the, the birds that are Coming here, you know, like you said, the green jay was one that uh, that, that was stood out. Um, is that because it's, it's a little bit drier, um, and the water sources here are still pretty profound, right? For for a lot of these birds to come here, yeah. is that what tracks the river? Is is, is the, the 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 water? Well, riparian ways create migration patterns. Birds right. follow those riparian ways. You know, greenery, trees that all from up above. If you've ever been in your plane and looked down, you see those greenways and you can follow them. Birds will use that. So riparian flow through coming down through this part of Texas, it, it's almost like a roadmap to them from the sky. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think is brilliant about Wild Birds Unlimited, the store, is how you have it laid out. And I've talked about this a little bit. It's the, to me, it's the most brilliant store ever because when you walk into that, the first thing you see is what you think is the most important thing for birds. Not the food. It's the what? Water. Right. Absolutely. We, we discount water because it's free and it's easy. Yeah. And especially on mornings like this, people don't think birds need water in the winter. They're going, oh, they'll be fine. They've got the river. Yeah. They're not all ducks. Um, they right. They need that water source one to two inches, you know, no deeper than three inches. Um, they need it unfrozen. Right. And obviously they can't go long periods of time without water. Nothing can. Right. So. Uh, is there a bird species you're like, that bird's just a jerk? Is there one that's out there that stands out? Or are they all good guys to you? Uh, you know, wow, I can get into a lot of trouble. European starlings and English sparrows are invasive. Yeah, right. Um, they are what we call egg peckers. Right. If you're a purple martin guy, um, yeah, you will call uh, starlings and English sparrows the biggest jerks in the world. Right. Because they go in and they invade a nest. They'll kill the babies in there, take over the nest. And um, one of the reasons for our biggest, uh, biggest decline in those, those breeding species so English sparrows, which are an invasive, and actually, you know, I get into a lot of trouble talking about it. It is legal to, to use, the, use a, a polite word, euthanize, um, Take dispatch. Out, right. um, so we spend a lot of time making sure people know what an English sparrow is. It's right. amazing how many people will bring me in a picture of a house finch and go, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be getting rid of him tomorrow. No, you're not. Um, right. Migratory bird access, no, you're not. Unless you enjoy a $10,000 fine, don't do that. Um, English sparrows are... are dispatchable um, mm. you can get rid of them you won't hurt the population but like I said they're egg peckers and they can cause a lot of damage uh, European starlings which were brought in of course to populate Central Park and Americans thinking it was a brilliant thing to do um, are just good at what they do they can make a living on a parking lot yeah so they're spectacular what they do right they've got that long invasive beak that will just tear through everything and um, yeah they're they are jerks there's no doubt about it um, they're, they're jerks non-native invasive Legal to dispatch properly, and then the the the, the bird. The, to me, the, the state bird of Texas is the grackle. Yeah, you know, and what is the what is the deal with that bird? What is that what is that bird all about? Well, there's three or four different types of grackles, and they're actually very cool to watch. Um, I've got one that comes to the store. We named Gary Gary the grackle. <laughs> I like to watch him in the bird bath as he as he you know bathes and preens, and he's very social and talks. 
but we see so many of them on the Walmart parking lot. You yeah. Know, if you ever, if you if you haven't seen one, throw a bale of hay in the back of your truck and drive to Walmart for five minutes. And they'll be there. They'll be there. Yeah. They'll be on top of you. Again, they've just learned to live where humans create waste. Right. And those are those vast parking lots where we throw things out. Um, excellent breeders, um, strong, dominant birds, but they've learned to, to control those food sources in other ways that say uh, painted bunting hasn't learned. Right. They can live in high density population areas. Where is, what are they native to? Because you know we had them in we had them in parts of California too, which was interesting. Like they would they would take over parking lots like. You know, I'm going to say old world. I don't know. I would yeah. say European as far as old native, but they are considered native here. Yeah. Uh, so boat tails and great tails on the coast and on the southern coast are, are full native birds. Yeah. Um, as of now, but obviously, like anything, they probably came over um, on a boat at some point. Right. I'd have to do more research to really answer that one properly. They're they're the one bird. Um, that, you know, when you when you think about dinosaurs, you know, when they talk about dinosaurs and birds, the connection. It's like okay, I see that in a grackle. You know the way they look like. They look a little like little. They have the little those little, you know, um, their eyes and the way they kind of move around. They look very predatory in a lot of ways. Um, but then they're also incredibly clever at times too. I saw, I've seen ones riding on the right on tops of cars. You know? Oh, the blackbird family is really bright. They're, yeah. they're trainable. They go right in with minor birds that yeah. we keep in cages in the same ones. Wow. Incredibly smart. Learns pattern. Learn patterns well. Um, don't get fearful of humans. They've learned that you know we're probably not going to fly after them and catch them like a hawk would. Right. Um, I hope we can't. Um, so they're yeah. Blackbird family is really, really bright. You talk about hand feeding. You know, I just put something on our Facebook page recently about hand feeding. Really easy to do. Um, if you don't want to get into those grackles and things like that, you can you can start with other birds. But uh, really easy to do through that trust factor. Uh, a couple things, uh, uh, comments are, are in this morning in the, uh, oh, there she is, uh, just walking by. Storming. Get storming. No, that's the other one. This is Snuffleupagus is just storming by. Um <laughs> Let me see here. A um, couple things here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rachel Fitch saying that her birds are thriving this morning. And Kevin's first appearance was, was aided by Rachel Fitch, uh, who had, had become a she's birding. so much fun. So right much now. fun with it, right? Oh, my God. She's uh, Brenda Hughes saying that she needs a beneficiary for her cussing parrots. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that story or not, but um, – uh, her husband, Buzzy, uh, who uh, is good at cooking birds, especially turkey, um, is um, he, he thinks the birds love him. And apparently they bite the hell out of him a few times. But he had him in the garage and apparently they whistle at women. And <laughs> <laughs> so and because they can mimic, you know, they, 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 they it sounds like Buzzy's whistling at him, you know, and uh, and and those things live a long time. And so she's like, I need a beneficiary. So, uh, of course, Tony Fontaine Jenner, who's always a charming um, addition to our show, saying, I'm very interested. I want to learn some uh, more words because I feel like my cussing has gotten into a rut lately. So there you go. <laughs> um, there's a lot of invasive species, though, where people have, have, have brought birds in and they've gotten loose. Like you said, you know, living in Redlands, parrots have taken over oh, parts yeah, of Redlands. parrots. You know, um, when I was in Bakersfield. Couldn't grow an almond there for anything with those birds. Because they'll just eat them up, they right? They eat everything as soon as the blooms came yeah. out. Because they, they can crack anything they want, basically. Yeah. yeah and your fingers. You in your fingers, right. Um, is, that, is, that, is that a big problem, though, when, they, when these invasive species come in and 
yeah. and, and totally change things. So. Yeah, we're about to see scaly-breasted munier or spice finch. Um, uh-huh. They're in the Houston area. Right. Um, actually started getting accepted on count sheets because they're so heavily accepted. I believe we've just, I saw an article the other day, they were over towards Austin. So, um, you know, as the scaly-breasted munia flies, that's that's no more than a day from us. So that's they'll amazing. be here soon. That, that's amazing. Um, the, 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 the other bird too, that I, I find pure fascination with, and if, if I ever have my camera with me, I'm always, I always will be on the lookout for them is, is our road runners. Oh, road runners are fantastic. I mean, they're just so, they are so much fun. They're to watch. cool birds. And yeah. People don't, you know, the, probably the biggest question we get on road runners, they go, Oh my God, I watched my road runner grab another bird. Yeah. Oh, they're carnivores. They, yeah. they are predators. If most birds are, they yeah. will eat other birds. There's, there's not a lot of joy and frenzy among bird species. No, they don't, they don't play well with each other. Yeah. That you know? talk about a dinosaur looking bird. That's, oh, that's the, that's the one. Here comes Ashley. <laughs> All right. You have like three minutes, by the way. The show's almost over. Where have you been? I've, which one do you want? Where do you want me at? This way or that way? Here? I've been on the phone. I've been in a meeting, a last minute input. What happened to your, where's your, where's your son at? He's at home. By himself? With, with your dog? Yeah. Him and Oscar. They got it. They've got it. They got all it. All. They got it all figured out. So I, <clears throat> I've got to read you a real, while we're on that subject. I got to read you a really funny text. Oscar, so. Oscar, your dog. Oscar's my dog. Oscar's my dog. Really? We, oh, sh- we share an Oscar. Oh, I love. <laughs> I love my Oscar. He's so good. He's a nine and a half year old red healer that is just fat and spoiled and just so good with my son. But no, uh, my husband was able to hang around the house a little late this morning until babysitter got there, and uh, and so he's taken care of. He's having daddy time. Yesterday, Greg was with him most of the day. Or no, was that Wednesday? And no, that no, was it was yesterday. It, it was, was yesterday. Yes, because I showed you the t- Right. <laughs> so I had a luncheon that I wanted to go to yesterday, and I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> and, I, and, I, and so I texted Greg, and I said, hey, let me know when he's asleep. I try to track, you know, how much he sleeps when he wakes up. And so he, Greg responded, okay, I'm trying to wear him out. He's still going strong. We've... We fixed and did maintenance work on all three tractors, and now we are in the eighth round of the Buck and Eddie Bronk competition. <laughs> he left Ryan a three-minute and 18-second voicemail earlier, so we are also doing remote sales calls. Oh, very nice. And so, yeah, my, my son's obsessed. He's almost two. He's obsessed with tractors, and so he's got toy tractors and toy tools. So they, they were fixing and maintaining Love all it. of his tractors, and the Buck and Eddie Bronk, he's got this, like, little rubber inflatable horsey that he gets on and he holds its ears and he and then he's like whoa and he intentionally bucks himself off so they were having a buck and bronc competition yeah right and then my husband's in medical sales and he calls on dr ryan verink the orthopedic surgeon here and so apparently our two-year-old got a hold of um my husband's cell phone and left a surgeon a voicemail so remote sales calls i think that's probably the, uh, probably <laughs> that's one of those ones where i you don't really mind no and you know and yeah. and Dr. Varink has wonderful bedside manner. He's a wonderful surgeon. We're blessed to have him in this community. And my husband has a great relation, working relationship with him. And so they, they had a good laugh about right. it. Uh, tell Kevin your story about the, the Green Jays. Oh, yes. I'm so excited to meet you and talk to you. So my grandmother uh, lives r- between like Banchetti and Alice in Orange Grove, South okay. Texas. Yeah. Outside Corpus, Hay Farm. Mm-hmm. And she would have these beautiful birds come through that she just loved called green jays. Mm-hmm. And they're huge. You know, jays, blue jays and everything. They're, they're pretty big songbirds. Um, and I had just never seen anything like it. And they're beautiful. And they would come for years. 
But then sometimes, uh, you know, whatever would happen and affect where they went, they wouldn't come for a couple years. And then she's like, oh, the Green Jays are back. The Green Jays are back. And, and so um, I just wanted to get your official spiel on Green Jays. And, be, and I, she said that someone told her that they weren't really supposed to be in that area, that they were surprised that they were in that area because of How many their years migratory ago, I mean, area. Yeah, I mean, path? several, several years. They've moved up progressively. We were just talking about this. I've got a property about 1,300 acres outside Med, um, in Medina. It's Medina County on the bottom. They're all the way up here now. Wow. Um, and they're moving. They're, they're they are coming waste. more they're north. They're coming up. Those grasslands you talked about okay. provide the food sources. But they're um, being worked so much. And sometimes that, those food sources are kind of cyclical. Yes. So, you know, the families stay together. They don't go anywhere. But like most birds, they kind of work that cycle. They're, okay. they're like a farmer working a ranch. You don't farm the same piece of property every year. That You need that soil to get rest. There it is. So you Aren't they beautiful? Oh, the blue and the yellow birds. and the green yeah. and then I, the black I, markings. I didn't get a chance to tell Lewis, but this is actually one of my um, predictions. Before, before okay. I die in the Kerrville area, I believe these birds will be up here. I think they'll be a regular bird in the Kerrville area. What a face, Lily. Holy maybe smoke. Not, Their face, you know, yes. Maybe not all the way up but into Bandera. Okay. One good thing about these, like painted buntings, is they're easily, recogni easily recognizable. Yes. Right. And there's nothing like them. So when no. somebody says they had a green jay, you know, I don't look really at that have face. to go through the process of, Confirming. of ID. Um, yes. I know. If you say you've got a green jay, I'm you, pretty doggone sure you've got a green And he's a pretty big bird. Oh, they're, and a, they're almost an inch and a half larger than our blue jays. Really? Yeah. yeah th I mean, they're almost like, I mean, kind of like these grackles and crows, yeah. you know. Well, I don't know. Crows are huge. Um, but, yeah, they're just beautiful and smart and just funny to watch them interact yeah. with other birds. It looks like they almost have like a come over. A comb over. I, I mean, love look at it. that. I mean, look yeah. at that hair. <laughs> that is hilarious. And but I will say that, like, even this footage, this is beautiful footage. It doesn't do them justice, does it? They oh, almost no. have like a like a sheen, like an iridescence to the green. They're like, equally it just as glows. pretty as a painted bunting. You know, yes. Everybody knows painted buntings and think they're gorgeous. Green jays are equally, oh. and they do have a bright green facet. That's really a product of their coloration. That for that area, like your mom's area, where those grasslands are there, yes. that bright green blends oh. into early summer grasses True. so the babies don't have Aww, issues hey, i found your uh your your your, your bird cam oh it, we're showing that one up that in, the, that's yeah. in ottawa yeah this watch, that's george over there on the back left we talk to him all the time my little metal figure yeah mm. he's been standing out in that snow for about seven years god bless him <laughs> uh, oh yeah down there right yeah, yeah. all right now we have, we have buffering but it's okay yeah. though it's all right you get an idea of this this is they actually this is from cornell and they have a whole bunch of other types of, of web of, of, of you webcams. You know what? I just got an awesome idea. Yeah. Highly addicting. Don't get started if you don't want to spend a day watching right. these things. Right. We play them in the store, and I've, I've got customers that will spend 20 minutes just just watching. I we should set up a little bird cam, like a little bird feeding station, just exactly like that in the courtyard garden of the ranch. What about at, what about at your, 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 other, your other facility where you're having your, your run at? Wouldn't that be? Oh my gosh! Yeah, if we can, if if we can set it up, I know uh, connection, connectivity is an issue out there. Yeah. Down there in the Frio Canyon. So I work for Hill Country Youth Ranch, and so um, here's the one from West Texas, by the way. Oh, look at that woodpecker! Acorn. Num 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 num. 
pretty. Yeah, so we, uh, not everyone realizes that we have three campuses. And so our second main campus is Big Springs Ranch for Children, uh, just nine miles north of Lakey, Texas. Mm -hmm. It's 7,050 acres. Wow. Yeah, and so we wrap around the HEB Lady Lodge camp. Oh, okay. I do um, a lot of work with ladies, so yes. I know exactly what So it looks very much alike. We have a lot of the same beautiful features. And so half the Frio comes from their property. The other half comes from our property. So e we equally have the gorgeous springs and the grotto and the water cave and the, a blue hole and it's just lush and gorgeous and you think you're in like new zealand not texas <laughs> don't you always say don't get me too excited i'll be down there I'll, that'll be my next four years of exploration oh you <laughs> should yeah i would love to give you a tour i love giving tours and sharing this place it's private property it's not public property and so um we open up for an event once a year where we you know, folks have the opportunity to come and see it. And it's just spectacular. It's spectacular. Yeah. Um, we have a run, so we've obviously got plenty of room. Um, we've built trails on the property, enough to host a, a full marathon. And so if we, our event is the fourth annual Headwaters of the Frio Trail Marathon. Mm -hmm. uh, half, 12K, 5K. So you can sign up, run or walk, and then folks fundraise on behalf of the children's home. And they get to come out. You can camp on site, hike the trails, have a big family you know have our gym open for family friendly activities we've got food and music and just hang and prizes we've got really awesome prizes for um, our top fundraisers it's a whole experience it's not your typical just 5k get a t-shirt and run on concrete it's um we really try to make it a very unique experience um and we appreciate folks uh reaching out to their friends and family and asking on their behalf to to donate to our cause and to support our mission and our work so but you i would love to have you come out and see this place where it I, happens I, actually i just love listening that's this is what is so much fun around here mm -hmm. such large-scale properties but i get i get a chance i've got people that I would never hobnob with people that are way out of my financial, social, right. they're going, oh, no, come to my property. Right. I want you to see what's going on. Yes. I, all of a sudden, I'm part of their family, part of their property. It's just don't I, you I love some incredible highly properties. wealthy folks that don't act like, you know, you, you would think got that they would. They're just humble down to earth. There are some good people in this just community. Cool yep. Very cool people. Well, that bird just flew off. I saw that was a that giant acorn woodpecker. Yeah. He's been yes. He's a show over in Davis Mountains, but I'll tell you, we had one in Shirts, had one in Bernie for a little while last year. Really put on a, not a normal bird down here, and again with that wide eye, you really, really? Yeah. know him. He's We've got a lot of uh, different woodpeckers behind my current home, and I will tell you this morning, I think someone's pet turkey got out and onto the. Ra I'm not kidding. Really, as long as this table, and he's white, with like like a brown mark on his wing mm -hmm. and he's just running the fence line and, and I'm afraid to approach him because they're huge and they've got those talons and I don't know what to do with him but I, he's stuck because we've got it um, on the property that I'm in it's like I don't know if it's 35 or 50 acres and it's got high fence and um, someone's turkey is on our yard <laughs> come get him <laughs> come get your turkey <laughs> Oh my I, would, gosh. I would imagine he's still a, because still a wild. I mean, even the white. It's, really? It's called leucism. Right. Yeah, it's a partial, oh, it's a partial leucism. In the it won't stop him from breeding. It just makes him highly susceptible to predators. But I mean, he's let's face huge. It, if, he's beautiful. If you're a hunter, what's the yeah. easiest one to hit if you're yes. out there? The brown yeah. one that's hiding or the big white one that's yeah. out there showing himself? So they usually don't make it through too many seasons. But on, like on your ranch, that property we were talking about, we got to count on. We had some out there. Okay. We saw like 130 really? turkey. Really? 
and you uh, saw some white ones. There was one. Some loose, a, a one, lucid one. Yeah, lucism is, lucism happens. It's a weird word. It's just a partial, you know, a lot of people can go piebald. Uh, they call it albinism. I've heard Albinism and al albino are yes. they're, they're totally different than lucism. Lucism in birds is not a genetic disorder. They're not going to breed and pass it on to their babies for the most part. Okay. We've got a little English sparrow at the store we call Lucy. He's going on like his fifth year. I know I'm supposed to hate English sparrows. We love Lucy. He's there every Aww. year. Um, I say he. We don't know. He's <laughs> right. I, you know we, we, he hasn't raised his hand when we ask a sex check. But, um, I love watching this thing, too, by the way, because you're like, this is like, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. I'm, I'm What's going to fly? I don't know what you're it? even talking about at this point. You guys it's, just, it's we're, amazing. Yeah. we're over this the, we're, we're over my self-imposed time. Oh, here blue. comes a blue jay. It's a blue jay. Yep. Sorry. In the summertime, watch this one when the. Um, but we're just still um, rolling. Right. Hummingbirds come through. This is one of the greatest diversity off the Davis Mountains, right at the base of the Davis Mountains. And this diversity of hummingbirds that come through here, we mm. can get costas. We can get um, we get yes. a lot of hummingbirds that we don't see here. You know, that send Linda and I running over to people's houses for a day and sitting in their backyard with binoculars right. and an adult beverage waiting for this bird to show up. They're here every day. This cam in the wintertime has to go to more seed and suets, and it's recently just started doing that. But in the summertime, this is a cam to watch for hummingbirds. All right. It's pretty, um, pretty incredible. In fact, that's what they show on on this uh, on this, the link to this is that exactly. And uh, and wh so wherever this is at, they have snow on the ground, as you said. Is it what, what is, where is it at again? Davis Mountain. Davis Mountain. Okay. I love the Davis. Have you been out there? No. I love the Davis Mountains. Probably one of my favorite vacation spots um, in Fort Davis. There, um, and I, it's been years since so I don't even know what it's called now. Um, or if it's changed up, there's this little old school hotel that it's, it was like kind of open rock and they've kind of built it up. They've built these screen fronts to it and then roofs over it and it's got power and it's got like a, um, you know, a heat and air unit in there. Mm -hmm. And then there's these big heavy canvases that close for privacy and then there's shared bathrooms. I don't know how better to explain it, but it's really, really neat, and the owners were just so fun. You know, it's one of those, like, where you sit out by the pool and, and get to know them, and um, toured the fort, but and went to uh, the McDonald Observatory, but we hiked through the state park, which is huge, and beautiful, and just rock-hopped, and West Texas is so romantic. Oh. It's very and it's very different from here. You yeah, think it's a lot like yes. this. Right. It's no, very different. different. Those that orange, iron, or sparkly rock, those huge boulders. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you're almost like kind of a, like miniature Grand Canyon feel. Um, I was born and raised in Odessa, so I oh, okay. I have I have a special place in my heart for desert beauty. And people want to talk about beautiful sunsets out here, and I'm yeah. like, let me take you to the Kermit Sand Dunes. Right. You yeah. know, which. Sadly, or kind of don't exist anymore yeah, right now. Exactly. Thank you, fracking. But right. um, yeah, go to Fort Davis. Uh, uh, next time you have a, ch a chance for a little excursion, you and your love of photography and outdoor and wildlife. It'll be fun. It's, my, it's one of my top favorite vacation spots is Fort Absolutely. Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are over our limit. I'm so sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, it's good. <laughs> uh, we don't really have a limit, but... Uh, um, and, if, and if we did, I would just kick, you, it, kick you, the door down you, on that you, limit. Yeah, right. nobody, gave, um, nobody gave me a clock. So. No, I'm Ashley Phillips. I don't, I'm I don't believe you, you in just, limits. Exactly. 
Well, give me a, tell us one more time about the, the, the marathon. Yes, please. This is our big annual signature fundraising event. So everyone knows Hill Country Youth Ranch and um, how we love foster kids. We're home to over 100 foster kids. Um, so we have to raise a lot of money. You know, raising kids is expensive, and when you have over 100, that's really expensive. So if you would love to support that mission and cause, and if you love the beauty and, and nature of our gorgeous Hill Country here, if you would love the opportunity to come out to our Big Springs Ranch for Children and see this campus and um, hike the trail. So for 25 bucks, you register. Mm-hmm. And um, that gets you metal and T-shirt and meals. You can bring your family, hang out. And you sign up to run or walk, whichever distance you prefer. Right. A 5K, a 12K, a half marathon, or a full marathon. We've got people that are just there for fun. We've got serious runners. Um, everything. It's for everyone. The, what it's about is then you reach out to your peer group, your friends, your family, your network. And you say, hey, I love this place. I believe in this mission and this cause. Please support my campaign for them. You know, donate whatever you are able. 25 bucks, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you've got. And we ask our participants to fundraise at least $250 to participate. And that goes to, um, you know, housing, clothing, food, transportation, um, Birthday parties, uh, Christmas parties, our big Easter celebration. Um, it just supports our overall efforts. And so it's directly God's work. Uh, you're not going to ever be more fulfilled than by coming. And, and you don't even know until you come out and you see it. We'll have campus tours going on. You've never seen anything like this place. Right. Please, youth-ranch.org is our website. Click on the banner, the event banner, youth-ranch.org is the Hill Country Youth Ranch website. First thing you'll see is the event banner on our website. You can click on that, and it'll take you to the event page. Or if you're on social media, obviously here, we have a Facebook event of the he- fourth annual Headwaters of the Frio Marathon. Yeah, right there. Just click on that image, and it'll take it'll you there. take you there. Yeah, click, and if you've got time, watch that video. It's beautiful. It kind of gives you an aerial, like a little fly-through view of the property and the trails that you can experience. Um, you can camp on site. If you're a registered participant, you can reserve a camping space. We've got limited spaces. You can camp on site if you like to do that. It's April 2nd, which April is Child Abuse Awareness Month. So it's all about that. So, yeah, that's in the canyon. That's the Frio Canyon. That's our property. We have our own school system. We have our own chapel program. There, there's one of the ranch roads following along. Look at the water. There's the Frio River, that beautiful blue r- water. That's, that's one of the main springs that fuels the Frio, uh, gushing out of the hill, the hillside that you'll get to see. Um, that's at one of the houses on campus. Gorgeous. Yeah, and so you'll get to see and experience all this and kind of better get to know what who we are and what we do. And so, yeah, river crossings, we've got rocks set up, or if you just want to splash right on through – um there's the there's the river and uh, so it starts out like on a lot of ranch roads but then it does get into just little little trails that we've cut through the cedar and um so there's some from uh, some of our past wow, events wow look at that oh, yeah it's absolutely gorgeous yeah. Yeah. It's, if it's anything like if it's right next to lady that, that right water is spectacular right it is, yeah it's right at the headwaters you will not regret this experience and to anyone who might be feeling daunted by the task of fundraising reach out to me i i was too so the first year i started working here and promoting this event i thought you know what how am i how am i going to go out there and tell people to do this if i haven't done it myself so i said i'm going to sign up and do this so i can speak from experience and i was like i've never done anything like that i've never fundraised on behalf of anyone i don't know if i can hit 250 dollars um i said but you know 
I know I'll get some, and whatever the deficit is, I'm gonna person. I'm I'm committed to personally contribute to to meet that threshold, and that'll be my personal like annual donation to this amazing charity. And uh, oh, I blew it away. I I hit 250 in like the first three days. I blew it away. I we have different um, awards for the different thresholds of of going over and above. And I was a fundraising. Uh, Champ, uh, it's like champion, rock star, superhero, and we've got fantastic prizes for our very top fundraiser that goes way above and beyond. Are you familiar with um, tree, uh, what is it, uh, the laurel tree in Utopia? Yes. Oh yeah. Very nice, yeah. right? Like yes. a two-month waiting list yeah. to get into that restaurant, and yeah. it's not cheap. Yeah. It's like a you know twenty-year anniversary kind of experience. Yeah. Did you know about her, uh, her B and B, her treehouse B and B? No. So you know her family has a big time ranch down there, and they have property along the Nueces River, gorgeous property, and those massive cypress trees. Well, so the same treehouse guys from TV that built that treehouse on that property that you can dine in, five star European dining. They built treehouse. B&Bs, beautiful European B&Bs that are like $430 a night in these up in these cypress trees along the Nueces. And so they're gracious people. She she does it for fun. She doesn't need the money. But um, she donated a a two-night stay in one of her B&Bs and a dinner setting in the treehouse for six people, up to six people for our top fundraiser. And in the past, it's people have raised like ten thousand dollars for us doing this event. All right, well. so it's worth it. So get out there, get motivated. If it, if you're not already motivated enough to provide a, a you know and just walk. a great home for the and kids and just and just have a nice you know five k three Spring miles three point one miles and, 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 and just blooming. enjoy it. Just yes. enjoy it. Thank All you right. for the time, Lewis, thank and the you. plug. I appreciate it. Uh, Kevin, thank Lewis you. Lewis will be there. Sure, I appreciate it very much. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Kevin on, uh, or or maybe your manager. Uh, what was his name again? Your, your, your Isaac. Isaac. Isaac would be good to have on to tell us, give us updates about what he's seeing on the on the river. But uh, Wild Birds Unlimited, one of our uh, new sponsors on the show, and we appreciate them very much. Kevin, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking time nice out of your you, Friday and uh, and spending time with us today. And it was good. To, uh, uh, let me ask you one, one little quick one inside Redlands uh, question: uh, Kukas or uh, Cha Chas? Kukas. Kukas. All right. All right. Kukas. All right. Two blocks away from my house, right next to the school. Cookers, uh, all year long. Uh, all year long. All year <laughs> long. All right. Uh, that's some inside uh, inside California uh, uh, baseball there for you. So I love it. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us on Monday. We will have the Republican women of Curry County will be here uh, talking about us. We're also going to talk about Billy Jean's restaurant too. Uh, mm. By the way, good. Happy Squirrel Appreciation Day for anybody who wants to think about oh, it. Oh, really? It is. No, it's it is a, not. It's a thing. It's a thing. Are you a squirrel a fan thing. or no? It is a squirrel thing. I love squirrels. I yeah. sell a lot of stuff to keep them off bird feeders. I love squirrels. Yeah. They make you a lot of money. <laughs> I always get, I always think to myself, it's about time for one of these squirrels to um, kill itself and knock out power to half a quarter bill. Oh, gosh. All right. Breaking news. This just happened. Yeah. Lewis will yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll Thanks see you guys soon. Bye now. Bye, y'all.